The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good afternoon, ACB community. Welcome to Home, Garden, and Agriculture. We come to you on the second Saturday of each month with this call. And uh, we welcome all of you here today. My name is Marge. I'm one of the co-facilitators of this call. And we are in a celebratory mood today. The reason is that this marks the third anniversary of this community call. So uh, Deborah is the one who started it all off, and maybe she can tell us where she got the idea and how she pursued it, because I wasn't here. I was out in the garden that day of that first call, so I missed it, and uh, I think I caught up uh, maybe the next month or month after that and uh, have been enthusiastically co-hosting the call for for quite a while now. So... uh, Deborah, do you want to say a word or two about your thoughts on getting this call started? Yeah, I I thought it would be a, a great forum for people to talk about growing things and raising animals and, and just encourage each other, both educational and um, encouragement. I When I started it, I had communicated with Cindy at ACB and I didn't realize that she actually scheduled the first call until about a half hour before the call. (laughs) It was very much uh, uh, just baptism by fire, but uh, people graciously called in and it was a lot of fun and we'll keep doing this as long as people are interested and participate. So we're happy to celebrate the third anniversary. And as a little incentive to call us today and also as a thank you, uh, we're having a door price. Uh, anyone who calls in today to talk to us, uh, we'd like to hear what's going on with with your situation, you know, if you're gardening or growing houseplants or whatever you are doing, we want to hear an update on, on what you're, you are doing or what you have plans to do, or even just memories about what you've done in the past. And uh, we just would love to hear from you. And uh, anyone who does, uh, we are going to put everybody's name in. Well, I don't know, March. What are you using to draw from? Well, today? it's March a it's gonna... a covered it's a it's a box with a lid on it. When and I'm I am sitting here brailing the names of those of you on the participant list. Now you're going to have to stay until the end because you'll have to um, get uh, be be told about how it is that you can claim your gift card if you are the winner. So you'll have to stay on the whole time. And we've got partial names on some of you and, and sort of phone numbers, but we will, we will get it figured out um, as the call goes on. And so we'll be doing that at the end uh, today. So I have my, 
box, I had a bunch of dried lavender in that box. So it still smells like dried lavender, but it has a lid on it. And uh, I will shake the cards and uh, in that box. And if Don um, is around toward the end, since he doesn't read Braille all that readily, I will ask him to uh, pick a winner so that it's totally Wow, non- you are really totally non-biased. To yeah. We'll see if he's here. Well, okay. Well, we, it, yeah, it's a $25 Amazon card and you don't have to provide personal information um, publicly. We'll tell you how to, how to do that. So, um, all right. Well, Marge, I, I'm really excited to hear from everybody, but first I want to hear from you. What is going on in your garden? Well, you know, it's two months since our last call and it seems like such a long time ago and two months in the world of a garden is a long time. And that's what's uh, what's rather amazing. I can't remember exactly what I said in, in June, but uh, now it's been hot, as I'm sure all of you um, have been experiencing different parts of the country. Most of the country's been hot, though for us here in coastal Georgia, the temperatures have been just pretty typically hot. We're always hot in the summer. It's hot and humid. That's what we have here. And so it hasn't really been exceptional, but it's hard on plants. Um, things have, have shorter seasons and poop out more quickly. And so um, there are some things that we are harvesting. I don't know if uh, you, Deborah, or any of you other uh, folks on the call are familiar with yard-long beans, which are sometimes called asparagus beans. I think they have some other names as well, but they do thrive in the heat. And so you pick about eight of those and you have a whole meal of beans because literally they are a yard long. And uh, you you have to um, add some flavors to them to make them tasty uh, to eat for dinner, but that's what we're going to do this evening. So we like the yard long beans and the sweet potatoes do fine and uh, a winter squash that we grow called seminal pumpkin. They're all fine. So what you do um, here is just plant things that can take the heat and you don't um, have, you don't expect too much uh, more than that. And then you plan for the fall and winter garden. How about you, Deborah? Yes. Well, you do garden year round. So yes. that's, yeah. So I, um, I'm probably where you were a couple of months ago, <laughs> even though it is hot here too. It is not humid. It's hot and dry. I am overwhelmed with eggplant and, ah. and um, zucchini. My zucchini is doing really well this year. Oh, even though I have some squash bugs and have had squash bugs for weeks they have not killed it and i've had to put zucchini in the compost my cucumbers are doing great green beans herbs flowers lots of blackberries right now i'm i'm asking begging people who walk by please go pick blackberries i grew the blackberries in a different way this year they are thornless and i espalied them on a fence and that worked out beautifully. Yeah, they like that. Um, they want trellis. Oh, 
Yeah, it's not a trellis. I I just allowed two arms and I was really I pruned them very vigorously and uh, it makes them easy to pick. They don't get buggy and the production has been outstanding. I've I've been very happy with that. But I have a bunch of aronia berries coming on. Um, I still, my greenhouse, I'm still growing greens, even though it has been over 100. Uh, I am still growing really nice greens in there with shade cloth. And it's it's very pleasant in there. I when it's very very hot in the afternoon, I just go in there and stand, and it's uh, it's very pleasant in there. Uh, I'm using the green stalks, and it's working out nicely. I'm also growing uh, heat resistant greens from Baker Creek. And I would, I don't think butter crunch lettuce would make it, <laughs> but no. these specialized Asian greens are doing great. Wonderful. Chickens are still producing nicely. Even my nine-year-old girls are giving me eggs almost every day, what blows my mind. Um, so yeah, things are going really well here. And um I do need to mention that I am a continuing master gardener with the University of Idaho. Um, that way I can get credit for volunteering for this. And I also forgot to mention um, the Homesteading by Touch group. Uh, there is a list uh, and that link for subscribing to that group is is in the announcement of the call I believe I didn't look real carefully but it should be there oh good Uh, I encourage people to join that list it's it we've had some really good conversations lately about what homesteading means to you I have enjoyed every post I read on that list it's a great list and Nella thank you if you are listening thank you and um she also has we do have a hand raised Okay, and who has a hand raised? Uh, Roberta. Go ahead, Roberta. Okay, Roberta. Yeah, I'm glad you, you stopped my blathering. So what, how are you oh, doing, I didn't mean Roberta? to cut you off in any way. No, no I'm no, glad no. you did. <laughs> so, Roberta, it's not, Roberta, you're not, get a call it's not blathering. Um, I'm in central Michigan, zones 5, 6B. Um I live on a city lot, a pretty standard lot, not super big, not super small. Um, And I made a list recently of everything, food products I have available, and I was pretty astonished. But what I wanted to say is I have a raised bed of asparagus, and I went out to weed it last week just to check to make sure. And and the asparagus is, I, I didn't know asparagus grew. It's like eight feet tall. It's just absolutely flabbergasting. Mm. But as I was on my hands and knees, you know, trying to get into the forest on the, at the ground level, the dirt level, I found brand new spears coming up. And I was, I was really, I was very surprised that, that it was. And I said, well, I'm going to taste one of these. And I, I found two and I ate them both. I have to say, I gobbled them up. 
They were just as good as when they come up in the spring. And I, ah. I just, what, it really surprised me. I'm, <laughs> that just, have you, have you had a cold spell? Have you had a bit of a cooling off? Uh, I've, I've heard you can get a fall harvest too, but. No, yeah. You know, now that you say that we did have a spell that was, I mean, in the fifties, we're in mostly seventies and eighties mm -hmm. during the day. And it was, um, overnight in the, uh, you know, 58, 59. So yeah, yeah, we did. So I didn't thought it might've been enough to prompt it. Yeah. 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 Well, and you have written about your asparagus bed. Can you yeah. tell everybody a little bit about how you grow it? Cause I, I have asparagus envy. Oh, <laughs> yeah, really? Well, I have, okay, so I have, my bed is probably uh, two feet from, two feet wide and about eight feet long. And um, I did, had no idea what I was doing. So I put hardware cloth in the bottom and then I filled it with a mix of, what was it, compost, perlite, and I think soil is something, something for raised beds. I, I honestly, it's been a few years. And then I went and bought way more crowns than they recommend. I mean, I, you know, and I, I filled it up. I think I had probably 25 crowns crammed into this little space. And um, that it, it's in an area, it, you know, it's hard to say because my bed is, it's inside a stockade fence. Um, it runs north to south and it's up against a west, the west side of the space inside the fence. So it gets shade in the late afternoon, but it gets morning sun. Mm. Um, and it, 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 I know that that fence protects it from nasty winter, nasty winter mm -hmm. cold and wind. But, um, and all I do is in the fall, I get all, um, my sister-in-law lives out in the country and she gets the wood, the uh, people who cut down trees who have to get rid of their wood chips. She gets them to drop off a truckload and they just dump a truckload in their driveway. It's free. And I go out there and I get, um, you know, a half yard or whatever. I don't know, a bunch of wood chips and I cover the whole bed with wood chips. And so in the wintertime, it, it kind of looks like a coffin in the wintertime because it's, <laughs> it's probably, um, that's how high, probably 10 inches high. Um, and then it's, but it's mounded over on all sides and on top with wood chips. And then in the spring, I just scraped, I scraped those off so that they were, the whole surface was level with the top edge of the, of the sideboards. And okay. so there was probably, say there was probably two, maybe two and a half inches of wood chips on top of the dirt level. Mm -hmm. And it came up yeah, right through. Do you supplement? Do you supplement with no. any kind of fertilizer? Wow. No, that's it? I've done wow. nothing. I've done, so like I said, I know nothing about asparagus except I love it. I just <laughs> put yeah. it in it. It's, it's so... Oh, it's been great, that's but um, great. I'm curious about, you said you did blackberries. Yes. So just Warm so you know, we have two hands. Oh, okay. 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 I'll, I'll, I'll bring back in. Okay. We'll have you come back if we no get problems. some time. How's that? Sure. 
All right. All right. We'll take, and who's next? Okay. Next we have Jewel G followed by Devin. Jewel, go ahead. Hi, Jewel. Hi. So I can't what even remember the last time you? I talked to y'all on this call. It's been quite a while. Yeah, we've yeah. missed you. Yeah, we've yeah, missed um, you. Has it been since January? Possibly. Do y'all know about the move to the I city? We know that from the list, I think, but um, okay. I don't know about people who are listening who aren't on yeah. the list. So you're so, no longer living in Kentucky, correct? Well, I'm still in Kentucky. Um, okay. So I moved from the um, two-acre property in Glasgow area to the next city over about 45 minutes away um, to hopefully go back to school. However, things have been creating issues and obstacles for getting to school. So I won't be doing that here. However, in two months, I'm working on moving to West Nashville. Um, and that will be a long-term move. Um, they have the degree program at Tennessee State University there in Nashville. Um, I have a friend down there who has a three-bedroom home with a backyard, with a garden in the front, and he would like some help with it. And that will oh, give great. me time to get my degree done, go into an internship, get a good job, start saving up because my long-term plan is to buy a land in the that's the top of my short list of places to look. Um, the Ozarks of Missouri was another option. Um, really great area for, for homesteading. Um, but I want to buy a property like five acres and put a tiny house on it, like, you know, a little one bedroom and, mm -hmm. you know, get to gardening and raising animals and crafting. And so while I've been in the city, I've been working mainly on my crafting and, you know, working on the you know, plan towards school, towards having financial stability, towards the homestead eventually, the long-term plans. Um, so don't currently have a, like a yeah, it's, it's necessary. It's not as much fun as being yeah. in the garden every day, but it's necessary part of it. You know, you got to have well, good I, money to get land and a house. There is an author and a YouTuber named Jess Soward who often says make your waiting room into a classroom yeah well and in the that's oh, what she says to homesteaders make your waiting room in in a into a classroom yeah and in the meantime i have done a few things um the friend who mm -hmm. lives in west nashville i did go down there back in april and helped him clean up his front garden and help him design that and he has finished the design he has created japanese garden out there uh, with oh, a nice. solar paneled lantern and uh, paving stones, and he put in the moss roses that I suggested as the ground cover. So it's gonna, it's really looking nice. Uh, a lot of calla lilies sounds, and monkey grass. It's ooh. looking great. Yeah. So that he's, sounds fantastic. So he yeah. took the work that I suggested to do, and he did it. And so now he's got that front Japanese garden. When I move down there, we'll start working on the backyard and looking at either container gardening or putting in some raised beds. So All you know, right. I have plans. Well, um, you know, this is my waiting room, but at the same time, I'm working on my crafting, um, doing more knitting and decided to start making knitted stuffed animals. So I've been doing a lot of that. Oh, nice. um, okay. Yeah. Starting a little 
side business there with the stuffed animals. I've got about seven of them so far inventory and I'm planning on starting a little Etsy shop, shop off that. Oh, um, you, you are a go-getter. You yeah. are. And, and, and um, I, I will say that you might want to be listening in a couple of months. We'll have a guest who will talk to us about edible landscaping. Oh so yes. As you're yeah, making your plans, in the backyard. buying stuff out of the catalogs, you might want to, but thank you, Jewel. We probably, yeah. please, Yep. Tag us well, again um, if we want to get to everyone we can today, yeah. but you can call back. Yeah, one so, last thing, um, real quick. Okay. I plan on signing up with a Master Gardener plan, um, class down there. Yay. There's a waiting list here, Yay. otherwise, it would have been in. Yeah. But, so I'm looking Wonderful. forward to that. Oh, you'll love it. You'll love it. And they will be lucky to get you because. Um, those volunteer opportunities are great for master gardeners. Thank you, Jewel. Thank you. That's all good news. All right. And it sounds like we have Devin. Okay. Next we have Devin followed by Heidi. Devin, go ahead. Hey, everybody. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Hi, yes. Devin. Hi. Um, first off, I wanted to say I've really enjoyed our email exchanges on the listserv. That's been really fun to read everybody's experience and the, the things they're interested in and kind of how they started their journey. I've really liked those. Um, and Deborah, I wanted to say um, this is my first year. Well, I planted an aronia berry last year. So this is my first year getting berries on it. I was impressed by how many berries it produced and I was wondering what you used yours for. Well, I will confess that I've mainly used it to feed my birds. Um oh, to yeah. feed the birds okay. over the winter. Because if you pick one and try to eat it, it's not pleasant. I but did, yeah. I am <laughs> Yeah, but I am thinking about making juice out of them this year i'm thinking about okay. it yeah what, i heard you could are, do that what, or like fruit leather yeah. or mm -hmm. different things like that yeah you might be able to make a jelly if you put but i think they would just need so much sugar i i yeah but they're beautiful they're beautiful plants they and the birds love them yeah, yeah, I really, I think I'm going to try to get a couple more because I really like them. But it's it an exciting new plant. And even if I don't eat a lot of them, like you say, it's nice to feed the birds and just to have something pretty out there. Um, but I might mix some of them in with some of my other berries and then they'd probably be pretty tolerable. You said on the list you grow a bush cherry. Yeah, I got these. Um, I got them on Etsy. They're called Hanson's Bush Cherry. Um, and so far, I mean, this year they've gotten about three feet tall. They're kind of have long shoots. Um, and the one got eaten way back by a deer, but it's grown a ton this year. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. Hopefully next year I'll get some cherries on there. But I think because the one got eaten down, they didn't. I think you need two to pollinate. So it. it was still recovering, but um, yeah, I'm excited to see what those are like. Yeah, that 
I'm not familiar with the bush. I've seen the sand cherry, but not the bush cherry. And uh, you inspired me to look. <laughs> I'm okay. definitely going yeah. to look for that. I yeah. love trying new plants, especially the smaller versions. It's fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're an, you have an urban, a little urban homestead. Is that correct? If I correct. remember correctly? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, you're hoping to. Space, but there's a lot packed in there. Yeah, I'm hoping eventually to get more space. Um, mm -hmm. But this is yeah. really fun doing it here, too. And it, it is kind of getting people in the neighborhood. They're like, what are you doing back there? Because there's like, <laughs> they could see it when they walk, you know, all the different bushes and mm -hmm. plants and gardens and stuff. So it has gotten people curious. So it's fun to talk to neighbors about it. Yeah, and and it's amazing how much you can grow on a little property. As Marge also knows, Marge, I'm amazed at how much Marge grows on her place. Oh, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe your email, Marge. That was insane, the number of plants you have. So, yeah, you all have been very inspiring to me, so I appreciate that. But I can let I, the next person talk. Yeah, I think we have a um, raised hand, Heidi. I don't know if Heidi has joined our calls before. Welcome, Heidi. Hi, Heidi. Okay, so next, where are you calling? We have Heidi from? followed by a phone number. Okay. okay. Heidi, Heidi, where are you ahead. calling from? She's still muted. Sorry about that. Okay. I had to do my got it button. My apologies. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, hi, hi. Where am, are you hi. calling from? I'm actually uh, right outside of Seattle, Washington. And nice. I have joined this call, yeah. but it was like sometime last year. I, I actually um, I had a couple questions, and I don't know if this is a good forum to ask them. Absolutely. Oh, oh it's open line. Oh, perfect. It. Okay. So I only have two questions. Um, I'm, I'm not much of a green thumb, but I try as, as I might. <laughs> Most of the plants that I have are my indoor and I, I seem to do better with cactuses than anything else. So. <laughs> mm, yes. uh, but I do have a couple things that out outdoors that I've seemed to get going pretty well. And um, I do have two rather large yeah. garden boxes that I have not been able to use since I've lost my vision. So I'm still trying to figure out how to do that. Um, mm -hmm. but my two questions have to do with, uh, the first one is I have a butterfly bush and I need to transplant this oh. thing because it's in a really, really bad spot and I have mm -hmm. a better spot for my backyard. I just, I'm not sure what time of year to try to dig this thing up before it goes crazy on me, um, to transplant yes. it into my backyard. So is there a better time of year for a butterfly bush? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the butterfly bush, it's, it's a hard one to kill. <laughs> I'll oh, tell you. okay. So, um, your area, I would do it no later than I would maybe early February. Um, chop, you can chop that thing clear down to like knee high. Mm -hmm. Even if it's like 50, is it one of the great big ones that's like 15 <clears throat> feet high? Or I'm so, I, I, I suppose it is supposed to be, but I have been chopping that yeah. sucker down every year and I really want to move yeah. it into this center area. Of the, I have an area that I took out a spruce tree and I like to kind of cover uh -huh. up the stump area. And I think that butterfly bush would be perfect there. Lots of sun, lots of space. Yep. Um, yeah. I just so wasn't I, sure I, when I, to dig it up because I didn't want to destroy, yeah. you know. They tend to start leafing out pretty early in the spring. 
Okay. So um, chop it back early. And I, if you, it depends on the ground too, you know, you get a lot of rain over there and you don't mm-hmm. want to be working in mucky ground. Right. But if you get a nice day in February, early March, hopefully February before okay. it's really, you know, I would chop it way back and, mm-hmm. and dig, dig it up and move it. Um, okay. So stick with spring big. instead of trying to move it in the fall. Okay. I would, I, it, it would probably do better if you do it real early spring. Okay. Um, sometimes a fall transplant can, you know, with a butterfly bush, they really are hard to kill. Mm-hmm. It might work and be just fine, but, um, spring is nice because they can, they can just start rooting in and, mm, and okay. get ready to go. <clears throat> Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. That's, that's good. Okay. So then I will wait till next spring. I'm just going to go ahead and, and prune it back again. Like I did. I ha- I've, I've had it out there where it's at for a few years now, but I feel kind of bad because it's just, it's a little stunted in the area that it's at. So <laughs> I'm like, Oh, maybe yeah. we should let it be, get its full potential in this other area. So I will do that this coming February then. Okay. Perfect. And my second question was um, <clears throat> having to do with roses and varieties of and I didn't even know these existed there's thornless rose bushes <laughs> you're making me laugh okay <laughs> yes there what? are thornless roses what? and the reason why I'm laughing is I bought one this spring and I've never seen such wicked thorns on a rose in my oh, life oh no <laughs> <laughs> you've gotten your money back Deborah. I I Oh, I got it from heirloom roses, and so it's not grafted, so it's not the graft coming up. It's it's a Wallingford that is rated as um, practically thornless, and mm-hmm. those things are huge. <laughs> the thorns are huge. It's pretty wicked. But well, I was I was uh, I was doing a walk down in Seattle on one of my orientation mm-hmm. mobility lessons. And it was yeah. um, last October or like last September or so. And I passed by this house that I went, oh my gosh, what is that? That smells like roses. And my teacher said, oh, just go ahead and reach your hand out. I was like, uh-uh, uh-uh, that's a rose bush. She goes, no, it's <laughs> yeah. thornless. And it it really truly was thornless. It had, from what she told me, it had these there beautiful are, yeah. large red blooms on it. But she said that she thought it was more of a climbing because it was attached to a chain link fence and it had a wonderful smell and there was literally no thorns. Like I had my hands all up in that thing. Yeah. Yeah. There really are some thornless roses out there. You just have, it's like a buyer beware thing. So one thing you might think about if you can go back there, get a cutting of that rose because roses are pretty easy to start from cutting. Right, right. Well, I used to grow roses. I I had a whole rose garden when I had vision. And now I'm like, I don't really want to do roses anymore. (laughs) um, Yeah, well, maybe do a clipping. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. If you can go back there, you know, it's thornless, full grown. Mm -hmm. And they're so easy to start from cuttings. I have done it before. And uh, I I just, now that I've been burned with the one I have that mm-hmm. I paid a lot of money for, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm like, 
if I ever do it again, I'm doing it from a cutting from a mature bush that I know is thornless. Mm, okay. So it is more of a buyer bee where I just thought that was intriguing because I'd been around roses my whole life and I didn't really know. I mean, I knew there were some that were less thorny, but wow. Yeah. That was really, that was really a neat little discovery. So I figured I'd hop on yeah. here and see if anybody, <laughs> what, what, yeah. what does anybody know about thornless roses? <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, there can be variations even within a named variety, apparently. Oh, wow. Okay. But, well, thank you for calling, Heidi. Of thank course. You. Thank you so and much. I, I appreciate us. that info. I, I appreciate it a lot. Thank you. Um, okay. So first of all, I wanted to let you know, I did get uh, booted out for a minute, but now I'm back. So um, Devin, if okay. you wanted to make me host and then I can make you co-host, then that way we're covered. Okay. Um. The next uh, person we have is a phone number, area code 502. All right. 129. Hello. 502. Hi, this is Deb Lewis. Hi, thank you for oh, calling, Deb. You're welcome. Okay. Um, I live in Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. And my question is about growing herbs indoors, especially basil. I seem to be killing my basil plants, so. Okay. I got a a cutting from um, a sensory garden here. They they allow you to take cuttings. And so I took some basil and within a week, it's dead. I put it in a pot of, I had it in water at first. And then I thought, oh, I've got this pot of dirt. I can put it in the dirt. And I looked at it today and it's dead. I don't think you can do basil from cuttings. Yeah. I've never done them from cuttings. I've done them from seed. I've gotten but, plants before and planted them outside and separate separated them way down at the root and made three or four plants out of one big plant, and mm-hmm. that worked really great. I had a whole box full of of uh, basil, but I wanted to grow it indoors. Last time I grew basil, someone decided during the night to take all the leaves off my plants. Would, would that be a cat? Someone? I I don't know. I don't know. I think it was, it looked very nicely cut off. So I'm thinking. Mm. Ah, okay. Oh, I can yeah. use this basil. And what's this blind lady need this basil for anyway? Ah. <laughs> you know? So what, what you, basil's pretty easy to come by. A lot of grocery stores yeah. sell the rooted plants in the, in the store now. So what I would really recommend you do is um, to get a basil plant. And they do well in a pot, but you might want, if you don't have a really good sunny south-facing window, you might want to think about getting a plant light, especially in the winter when the days are getting pretty short if you want to keep it going. Um, But that's heartbreaking, though, to get a cutting and be all excited and then find it dead. That's totally heartbreaking. I know when... When I've tried to do basil inside, um, which isn't often, but I did try, I overwatered it because it, mm-hmm. it's really easy to, oh, this poor plant, I'm sure it must need water, and you fuss over it, and I that'll kill it. I might have done it. that. Oh, yeah, that'll yeah. kill it. Yeah. Number one killer of indoor plants is overwatering. But the other thing, I grew a lot of beautiful basil all last winter. 
I grew a few different varieties in an arrow garden, which is a little hydroponic growing system, very easy to use, very, very easy to use. Basil did beautifully in the arrow garden. I had more than I knew what to do with. And I, I would really, if especially if you like basil, I would recommend looking into getting an arrow garden. You need lights for those, don't you, Deborah? No, the arrow arrow garden comes with the light and everything. All oh. it comes with the little seed pods. It comes with the light built in. Um, it you plug it in. All you do is add water in the fertil fertilizer. It comes with, and um, you. I use Ira to to read the display. And let me know if the light's on or off because <laughs> I'm, you know, I have no light perception. But, um, but you can get some that work with an app on the phone. And whether or not the app is accessible, I don't know. But it, it does have a display on it that will tell you um, how, if, if, when you need to fertilize, if you need to add more water, stuff like that. My son, my son lives with me. He might be able to. Yeah, you might check out an Arrow Garden. They come in different sizes. Is that A R R O W or is it A E R A E R? Yep. And I've been real happy with mine. I I've I got mine off of Amazon, and I got one that was used that was like a third the full price. Yeah, so I'm it, wondering what what you might expect to pay for something like that. Yeah, it's a great way to grow um, herbs. Really nice. Well, or if you have a birthday coming up or if you celebrate Christmas and people give you Christmas gifts, you can have something to tell yeah. them. Yeah, they can give me Christmas birthday gifts because my, my birthday is two days after Christmas. There you go. Or, or yeah. they can yep. just give you They can get you the biggest size like of their garden. Yeah. Well, Heidi, yes. Let us know if you do that and how it goes. Well, that sounds, I'll, I'll look into doing that. That might be fun. Yeah, they have a six-pod one that comes with basil and a few other herbs. Hmm. That's a, a nice one to start with. But they also have a three-pod one. That, so look at the different options. And I would start small, and if you like it, get something bigger. I, I usually put mine up for the summer because I'm so busy outside. But um, boy, that thing kept me going all winter. It was nice. Sounds like fun. All I right. I have had success with uh, Christmas cactus. I have two big pots uh, with Christmas cactus in them. And, uh, they're, and they're they bloom for you? Do you get them to bloom? Uh, one of them bloomed this year for Easter. <laughs> Not for nice. Christmas, but it bloomed huh. for Easter. All right, yeah. I have it in a western-facing window, that, and it gets a lot of afternoon sun. All right. Well, that those are beautiful. Is it is it true you're supposed to cover them for eight weeks and not let them have any light to get them to bloom? Because I haven't heard that. I've heard that it's a cold trigger. A lot of people will leave them outside. And um, and they bring them in before it it 
freezes, but I'm not positive if it's a light short day trigger or a cold trigger. I don't remember which triggers them to bloom, but I do know people say that if they leave them outside and bring them back in before frost, um, they'll get a bloom. But the problem is uh, if you leave them outside, you're going to get bugs. Ah. So it's a trade-off. Yeah. And I left one outside one time and something ate it. <laughs> oh, yeah. What, yeah. Something ate yeah. it. Yeah, I, yeah, I, when you're talking about things getting eaten, I'm thinking about my orchid that I thought I had high enough for my cats not to eat. And, well, that was not a happy day for me. <laughs> this has been fun. Well, I haven't called in very much. I think only one other time, maybe. Well, make sure you, you don't be a stranger. Thank you for calling, Heidi. Yeah. This isn't Heidi, it's and, Deb. Deb. Oh, Deb, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I, I'm i trying to rename <laughs> people. Deb sorry, Lewis. Deb. Thank you for yeah, correcting me. Yes, um, thank you. But not the president, Deb, Deb Lewis. Right, the, uh, other, right. the other one. Thank you. Have All right. Day. You're welcome. Okay, next thank we you. do have another phone number, 207054. Is Hi, Carol. Carol. It is Carol. Oh, Carol. Hi. 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 Good to hear we you. Thank you. you. Yes, well, oh. I've you know, timing is everything. But just a couple of things on the Christmas cactus. It is, I believe, the cold trigger. Um, I happen to put my Christmas cactus is in a cool room, um, and and for a period, of, and that's actually where they live. But they get some sun, and they, and who knows when <clears throat> when they bloom or don't bloom. Uh, that. I have yet to figure out how to make that happen. I do make sure I feed them. And uh, sometimes it, I believe that I do have probably an Easter eight and an Easter cactus also that blooms around Easter time. So um, that's, you know, who knows with that. The other thought I had was with the basil or with the um, any of the herbs that one way to do that, I've done it with a couple of plant of, of house plants is to take them out of the dirt pot, put uh, just rinse off all of the soil, and put and keep them in water, and just uh, like okay. a hydroponic, like your hydro, and just try. You can try that also without going okay. going getting into the deal. But I've done that. I've got a couple of plants that I've done that with. Um, that just all they right. just sit in water, and that makes it much simpler to keep them. Because you just yeah. have to still keep them watered. That's all. Keep the water full. Okay. Very simple. Yep. Just stuff out. Yeah, and yeah. you have a, dozens and dozens of house plants, so you know. I what do. You're I have about. well over sixty now. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and and also I just uh, yes. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. I I need to ask you. Uh, are are you growing anything outside this year? Well, any, this year we special. No, I have, well, I do have some, a three hang, I had a birthday this, this spring, and for my birthday, people brought me some big hanging, hanging things. I've got a, a, um, uh, impatience in a New Guinea impatience. It's beautiful. Mm. And some blue, some tulip, some, uh, tulip, not tulips, um, um, uh, petunias and that kind of thing out in the deck. Ooh. But we had so much rain in june june was incredibly 
that I never even put things out on my deck because it was so mm. rainy with no no sun. So mm-hmm. I was a killer year for me. I'm waiting till the mums come out and I'll put those out um, on my deck. But no, I didn't have anything growing out the way I normally would. So I've done yeah, the, a rough, know, rough growing year for you. Rough growing. Yeah, outdoors. Indoors, yeah. everybody's thriving. Yeah. Everybody's very happy. That's so, good. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> right, right. Thank right. you. Thank you for you're the welcome. Tip, Carol. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yep. Right. And Deborah, do we have I, any other? I don't know. I think oh. is Trish, are you still on the line? I think she may have needed we to lost Trish. leave at least briefly, but I have a question for you. Okay. Um, okay. That you might have a thought on. Have you ever tried to divide a lavender plant and um, and and keep it going? Kind of re- give it a give it a reset. No, I haven't tried to divide lavender. And the thing about lavender is it's called a perennial, but it they usually poop out after three to five years. Yeah, that's what it's so. Doing. Yeah, they it's. And it's so heartbreaking because they get to this big, glorious pinnacle and then the middle burns out and they just start looking ratty. And about all you can do is take them out, which is sad. But I, I don't consider them true perennials. They're like strawberries. They have to be rolled down and replaced every once in a while. Yeah, I had one lasted for a long, long time, but I might try it anyway because, you know, yeah. I've got nothing to lose. <laughs> no, it, and maybe, you know, maybe it'll work. You never know. That's the thing about gardening. We get to experiment and who knows? It's worth a shot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I don't it is a member of the mint family, I believe. So who knows? Yeah. So it sounds like we lost our host. Um, well, does anyone have a, a question out there? Um something you want to comment on if you can unmute yourself and speak up? Yeah, go for it. Okay. I oh. Who's that? I had a couple of comments. This is Jewel. Oh, Jewel. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay, this is Jewel. for Deb about the um, basil. Um, one thing is I found basil definitely from cuttings very hard to get any roots off of that. And in order for it to grow from a cutting, you need the roots, of course. So it just wasn't it wasn't happening. Um, it's annoying. Um, but I found in my Kentucky garden, um, and this is why you bring it up, that Thai basil actually does better because the Kentucky environment is a lot like Thailand, hot and humid. Um, Ah. so whereas my regular basil stayed small, my Thai basil, by the time I had to cut it down for the first frost, I had two of them and they were huge bushes, like giant things. Wow. Way more than I needed. So you might have better luck with, with a Thai basil, especially if you put it like right outside in the sun in a pot. Um, just know that you'll probably have to transplant it to a bigger pot if it does well, because they get big. 
Um, like, but it is a really good plant, and cool. it loves yeah. hot and humid, so it did well in Kentucky. Yeah, good suggestion. Thank you. That's good. Thank tip. you. Thank you. All right, and it sounded like there was a male person. Am, am I correct? And was there somebody else who wanted to join in? Well, yes, that was me. I'm Ed Kenlon here with my wife, Marilee. And I was hi. Hi. I think I know who you are from Virginia. <laughs> yep, Fredericksburg, Virginia. And uh, I was going to jump on the bandwagon there with um, a mention of the lavender plant. Uh, we've had ours in mm -hmm. our garden for about three years, and it hasn't really taken over the container, but it is like overflowing on one side, and it's rather spectacular. It is. <laughs> a bushel basket full of greenery and yields blossoms and then the seed the you know the seed little seed pods that come out after that and this year we noticed um yellow a uh, uh, golden uh, goldfinches uh landing in the bunch of them and feeding on the seeds and it was uh, a nice little oh yeah wow quite a little picture there of these bright yellow goldfinches sitting in the midst of kind of a um, a rather muted green and gray uh, bushy outcropping of the lavender plants uh, feeding itself and, and, and a friend uh, along the way. The cardinal stopped in to say hi and also partake. And uh, it's oh, quite, wow. quite a little lavender fest there. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wonderful picture you draw with your words about that, too. That's beautiful. And I know you and Marilee attract a lot of birds to your yard. And I've grown lavender for years, and I've never thought of it as a, attracting the birds, too. Is the so first that's great to know. Thank you. Sure. Uh, Deborah, this is Cindy Hollis, letting you know that Hi, I am, I'm here. Your host had obviously some problems um, but I am okay. here and I see that you have several hands up I don't think they were getting put down um, was Ed okay. the last person that spoke yes yes okay so um, there's uh, Marge you're you're one of the speakers right yeah facilitators okay yeah. so 207 has that as she she's, or yeah, she's she's that, okay, yes, then you have no done. other new raised yes. hands, and I'll get these hands down. Thanks, okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. And we're probably kind of at the point where we might want well, to we can see, draw. A, um, any any other um, comments or questions from folks? Lines are open. I do. I have a question. Okay, and who is this? I, my name is Vivian. I'm real. I'm, I just I'm new to this group. I so I'm completely new to this group, and um, I have a question. I'm so glad I found this okay. group. Um, oh, it's, it's very simple. I'm growing strawberry plants in um, in a in grow bags, and boy, mm -hmm. some of my strawberries are sweet, and some are have no flavor, and some are tart. Am I missing? Am I supposed to put something in these strawberries to make them taste sweet? Now, that is a good question. And, and there could be various 
pauses. Yes. So one thing is, do you know, notice a difference in the flavor depending on when you water them or don't water them or the temperature, and, you know, if it's been hot or cooler? Have you noticed that affecting the flavor? I don't think so. I think I planted the same varieties. I have about okay. six containers of strawberries. And um, I can tell that two of those containers, the strawberries are quite sweet, but the mm -hmm. other four, they don't seem to taste. They aren't as good. Um, no. Yeah. And, and and that like, could be that could be so many things. It could be, um, and, and it's at the same time. All you're picking them all at the same time. Yeah. So it wouldn't be yes. an environmental thing. So, I it could be that some of them were mislabeled, and you accidentally got more than one variety. It could oh. be that there's a soil difference because um, they're in different containers and um, it may not be readily apparent to you, but it is to them where um, that, that can affect that. Um, huh. it, 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 if you're treating them all exactly the same and, and um, they, it's all happening at the same time, it, it makes me think about maybe the soil or the, um, or maybe some are getting more or less light than the other. That's another thing to consider. And so, you do have two okay. raised hands. Okay. So, yeah. I, Marge, do you have any thoughts on that? I, I think you about covered it, Deborah, in terms of things I could think okay. of. Okay. Okay. And Vivian, thank you for calling. And unfortunately, we're getting towards the end here. We have time. We have time for a couple more. We have seven we have minutes. Okay. So. Okay. Uh, okay. Roberta. Well, hi, Roberta. Okay. I'm back. I wanted to ask you about right. your shade cloth because I want to do, um, again, I'm in 5 and 6B, and I want to do um, cold weather crops like kale and spinach. Yeah. And shade can, and can you tell me a little bit about so I have some ray um they're growing bins where the top section is six inches deep with soil and the bottom section is water. And it has the it has it's set up so that you can use PVC pipe and make like a hoop house out of it, which is what I was planning to do. What, any suggestions where to keep them, where to any suggestions? Yeah. So um, the shade cloth that I'm using is only for the summer and it's because the sun is very intense here. It reduces the intensity of the sun on my, my crops in my greenhouse. It's a 50% so shade cloth. You'd be using row covers. So, yeah. So you're, yeah, you're thinking about something like a row cover or, um, Maybe you could build a little cold frame, but yeah, okay. the row covers are a little different. I grew okay. under a, a row cover last year and it worked really well in the winter. Okay. But your so winters can, are harder than mine. <laughs> yeah. So, I could ask yeah. my local 
garden shop too. Yes. And yeah. Can you, Ask any about covers. Absolutely. Any suggestions about how to overwinter strawberries in containers? I tried it and they failed miserably. They died over winter. You put them in the garage or a shed. Do you water them? They go out, go out once. You don't want them to be, you know, soaking wet. But just fill and make sure it's kind of moist. The other thing you you can do is you can um, dig them into the ground, bury the pot in the ground. Okay. And then mulch around them. Okay. Thank you. And you have four minutes. And uh, one last call. Jewel. Jewel. Yeah. Yes. I just had a quick comment for Vivian. Um, Uh I would suggest to her that she get a pH level tester, test system, and test the soils of each of those. Some of them may have gone slightly alkaline, and strawberries need neutral to slightly acidic, and that may be affecting the taste. Very good suggestion. That's a very simple thing to do. Really good suggestion. Yeah. Yeah. Good, Good one. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, I th- time, thank you so much for calling. Yes, yeah, time. Like, uh, are you going to, we need the big drum roll. And so what will happen is she is going to announce a first name of the winner of the Amazon gift card. That person needs to email us at either, if you can't remember this, Call, just contact the community uh, email and they will get the message to me or Marge. But email us either on the homestead list or you can email to acbhome-garden-agriculture at gmail.com. So I just need to get your email address so I can send the winner the gift card. Okay, and we we have a winner, and I see this person is still on the call. It's the, um, and I don't know if you spoke or not, I can't remember, area code 502, ending in 129. Oh, yes, it was our 502 person. That's me. Is that's, that Deb? That's me. All that's right, Deb, Deb you're it. I won. Yay, you won. Sorry so, for... So, All right. Um, yeah, so send it. Um, are you on the list, sir? Or, I am not uh, on the list. Okay. Um, okay. I'll so need that address in. again. But, Deb, if you okay. if you send an email to community, I'll forward it to uh, Deborah March. Yeah. Deborah March. Okay. Cindy will get it to us. Yep. She'll you get bet. it. Great. Thank you, Cindy. You well, bet. thank you for Cindy. calling everybody. It's been a great call and a great yeah. celebration. Next month, we are... Talking garlic. Garlic so makes something can hardly wait. Yeah, and it's and and it will be time to plant garlic for men. I think most of us we never know where people are listening. So, March, that's all I have. Uh, anything? Yeah, I'll let you take us out. All right. Happy gardening, everyone, and join us again next month. <laughs>